And welcome into another edition of the Swarmcast. David Eichel here from HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Great Tuesday morning. Uh, we are just a little over 24 hours away from the Big Ten Tournament getting underway. Obviously, Iowa has the five seed after a tough loss to, to Illinois, 78-76 on Sunday. What probably was the most fitting end uh, to the Big Ten season. Uh, that this I think this season deserved just with all the chaos, all the dramatic games. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit. Also dive into obviously Iowa's honors in the Big Ten Awards show yesterday. I was going to do an, a podcast yesterday morning, but I figured we'd wait until we heard the results of Player of the Year. Obviously, the All Freshman Team, the first, second, third team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's just dive into it. It's going to be another very basketball-heavy episode. Uh, obviously, spring football is around the corner, but once the the, the NCAA tournament seedings gets announced, we'll we'll kind of transition more into a mixture of both. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be another just basketball-heavy one. But uh, yeah, let's dive into the Sunday. Obviously, Iowa's offense started off really fast. They had 20 points, I believe, in the first just over five minutes, four and a half minutes or so. Really looked good. Obviously, Garza got involved early. Illinois was keeping pace for a while. Really back and forth. I mean, Luca Garza, he's giving you what Luca Garza will always give you. It's just, it's its pretty baffling, the consistency and the productivity that he, he just continues to put up this season. 28 points, 12-21 shooting, 8 rebounds. Uh, I believe he only sat for about 3 seconds as well. So, we played basically all 40 minutes. Uh, Joe Toussaint. I thought played one of his best games as a Hawkeye. 14 points, two assists, one rebound. Did have a pair of turnovers, but his offense gave Iowa a spark because there were some issues when, when he wasn't out. C.J. Frederick, Joe Wieskamp combined for 10 points on 3 of 13 shooting. And look, Iowa's going to need more from them, but Joe Toussaint provided a really nice boost. And the important part for Joe Toussaint was he hit all four of his free throws, and that hasn't been a problem. But he also hit two three-pointers uh, when left open. That changes the way defenses will guard Iowa. They can't pack the paint because keep in mind, when Toussaint's not hitting jumpers, they don't guard him. They wait around the free throw line for him to drive in or or try to create a play because they, they're challenging him to shoot. And Toussaint's form isn't that bad. It's just a consistency, but... He's a pretty I hate I know people don't like using this because of Josh Oglesby and other shooters. He's a pretty decent practice shooter. I've seen the guy knock down you know pregame 10 12 three-pointers in a row from the same spot. Uh, so he can shoot. It's just that consistency getting involved in the game but only played 20 minutes. I thought it was kind of interesting. They did he did Fran McCaffrey did elect to go with Bakari Evelyn for 21 minutes. Evelyn played good by the way. He had 8 points, 4 assists. Uh did not turn the ball over. And he also hit one of the biggest shots of the game with about two minutes, 14 seconds left when Illinois maybe looked like they were starting to hit a couple dagger shots. He got open in the corner, didn't hesitate to pull the trigger, and drained it. And it really gave Iowa just optimism that, okay, they can actually go out there and win this game. Something I don't want to be overlooked, too. I know I'm just swapping back and forth the points. But Connor McCaffrey, I thought, played fantastic on... Sunday, because Illinois got up by as many as 16. It was looking like, you know, we'll see where the game's going to go. Uh, didn't really, wasn't sure if Iowa was going to be able to pull themselves out of the rut. 
Then Luca Garza scored six straight points, and you're thinking, all right, well, this is pretty typical. We'll see if they can get a couple stops on the other end. They did, and then Connor McCaffrey went down and hit two straight three-pointers uh, to really put Iowa back in the game. And at that point, Toussaint and Garza were the only two players that had more than six points. Uh, so it, it was just a really weird game. Obviously, the, the thing that makes Illinois dangerous is they're not going to kill you with three-pointers. Kofi Coburn's going to be a tremendous center, I think, next year. I think next year he'll be an all-Big Ten kind of guy. Obviously, the league was just so full of good centers this year. I mean, obviously, with Garza, Daniel Artur from Minnesota, Jalen Smith from Maryland, Caleb Wesson from Ohio State. You can really go on and on. So the thing that makes Illinois dangerous, and the reason why I'm talking about Illinois here is obviously to recap, and it it's likely that it's pretty likely that Iowa – is going to get another shot at them, and it's going to be a trilogy. When Illinois' role players step up to the task, that's what puts them over the edge. Iota Sumu, by the way, one of the most clutch players in basketball. I know he missed the free throw with, I believe, 13 seconds left when they were up two to give Iowa a shot to win it. But he hit mid-range after mid-range shot coming down the stretch. Bakari Eblen... I thought played fantastic defense on him in the final minute. It was just better offense. That's one of those times where you just got to give the tip of the cap to Desumu because he, he stepped up. He knocked it down, ice in his veins, been doing that all year. Kipper Nichols had scored eight points in the total of the past seven games. He had 10 points, three of three shooting, grabbed three rebounds against Iowa. Andres Feliz, 14 points, five of eight, two of five from three. Bihanishvili, six points. Demonte Williams, I believe, only averaged about two and a half points coming into the game. He had nine points, hit two threes. Played some pretty solid defense. There was obviously some chippiness. We could go over the chippiness, but I feel like it's just so run out at this point. Offset, by the way, I will say this though. Offsetting technical fouls are one of the dumbest things about basketball. It's a total cop out for the officials. Uh, I thought Devontae Williams should have been ejected for trying to elbow Connor in the throat after he slapped the ball out of his hands. And look, I get why they called the technical on Connor for approaching him after, but he's the, maybe the last guy on the Iowa team that's going to take crap from anybody, maybe other than Garza or Joe Toussaint. Connor's not going to back down from anybody. He doesn't care how big you are, how small you are. That's just his personality. Uh, so. I, I thought I thought Williams should have been ejected for that. Obviously, C.J. Frederick had a really tough day. Joe Wieskamp. It was interesting about Wieskamp, too, because he hit that three in the first half, and maybe you're thinking, all right, well, you know, maybe he's going to have it together. Maybe that's the confidence booster for him. He did finish with seven points, did have a big layup coming down the stretch that helped, you know, put Iowa in a position to potentially win the game. But... Look, 2-9 shooting, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He is doing some good things, but there were times on Sunday where he didn't get back on defense as quickly as he usually does. And he's a pretty, you know, reliable defender, I'll say, for Iowa's defense because obviously we all know about Iowa's defense. But if Iowa is going to reach their potential this season, and I do believe... I've been asked this a couple times. Iowa's ceiling in the Big Ten tournament is to win it. I know people are down about it, 
But if you get the role players going, you get Joe Wieskamp dropping, you know, 18 points along with Garza doing Garza-like things. There's really maybe not another offense in the Big Ten that can keep pace with them. Maybe Penn State, maybe Michigan State if Cassius Winston gets going. But if Iowa controls the pace and, and Wieskamp and Frederick get going, that opens up a whole new can of worms for Iowa's offense, and it creates a lot of problems for opposing defenses. Frederick only got four shots, played 31 minutes. Obviously, after the game, Frederick spoke with 24-7 Sports to Sean Bach, as well as a couple other reporters that were on site in Champaign. Uh, I'm basically summing up the quote. I don't have it right in front of me, but he said, I've been playing basketball a long time. I have never been guarded like that. I feel like I was, I don't complain a lot, but I feel like I was fouled on every possession. And obviously, look, he's not getting fouled on every possession. He's probably not getting fouled every other possession, maybe not every third possession. But the reality is, if you watch, I rewatched the game a couple times. The thing that's dangerous and that stinks about college basketball right now is there's no consistency in how they call a game. The rules are skewed depending on the official. Two years ago, the NCAA made a big deal about freedom of movement. You can't grab, you can't hold, you gotta be able to fight through screens, promote switches on, you know. You have you have to allow the player to get where they want if you don't beat them to the spot, basically. Just quickly summing it up. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. That was not the case on Sunday. There was a lot of grabbing. There was a lot of hand-checking. And that frustrates coaches, players, and fans, and it should. And I'm not even talking about specifically on C.J. Frederick. I'm talking about the whole landscape of college basketball. If you're going to talk about freedom of movement and you're going to teach your officials to you know, allow for freedom of movement, that means the coaches are going to tell their players they get freedom of movement. Then they practice it. Then it translates over to games. And then everybody gets frustrated when they don't call it. You have to call it. And that's part of the reason why tensions get over. C.J. Frederick got the technical foul, obviously, after he got called for an uh, offensive foul uh, in the first half. And uh, I believe it was Trent Frazier that got the, the technical as well when he was guarding. So... It's just interesting, and the reason why C.J. Frederick kind of reminded me of Jordan Bohannon when Bohannon spoke openly about the officials and you know how guys kind of guard him. They make a big deal out of it, so people pay attention to it to draw attention to the issue, and I I completely understand that. And yes, I know you know some Iowa fans weren't happy about obviously opposing fans cling on to it. Look, Iowa fans would do the same thing, right? It's just the way of nature of college athletics. It's the way nature is. With just competing at a high level or being fans of teams that compete at a high level. But at the end of the day, as a media member, I can appreciate Frederick's perspective because, and fans should too, and I think this should not get lost in this equation. 
you want them to be honest with you. You don't want the cookie cutter answers. You want to get to know the real thoughts. That was his real thought at the time. He wanted to draw attention to the issue. And let's not forget, too, Fran McCaffrey's been pretty quiet about officiating this season. He's been asked about it a couple times, mentions how difficult of a job they have. Really hasn't had, – he's had a couple sideline things, but look, that that's being a coach, okay? I'm I'm so tired of hearing about it. It's way overblown to me. But halftime interview with Olivia Decker. She asked about the emotion of the game and if it's unhealthy and is it, you know, where can they use that energy in the second half? And he just said flat out, it's going to get worse if my guys can't cut. That's all he said. And, for, you know, credit to Olivia Decker because that's a difficult position for a reporter to be in. But she continued the interview, did a nice job, asked a couple more questions. Ray McCaffrey gave it some answers. But he was not happy with the officiating. After the game, he said, no, I got no complaints. But maybe it's just he didn't want to get fined. Maybe channeling his inner Marshawn Lynch. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's interesting to me. I do think that there needs to be some discussion. I, but at the end of the day, look, they're not going to change it hanging in the tournament. They're not going to change it hanging in the NCAA tournament. And Frederick said this, too, and I think people are overlooking this. He said, I just got, I just got to play through it. But he's still not happy about it. Iowa's got to get C.J. Frederick involved. He's one of the best shooters in the Big Ten, if not the country already. Obviously, shot about 47% from three this year, averaging 10 points. Was on Big Ten freshman, all-freshman all team. We'll get into that in just a second. And like I mentioned earlier, the way Iowa reaches their potential this year is to get Wieskamp as best and to get Frederick some open looks. It opens up the offense when Iowa's offense is flowing, their defense plays better. I know everybody wants them to play better defense. Obviously, I I agree they need to. But they play better when things are clicking offensively. And at this point in the season, that's what you need to rely on. Three-point shooting, guard play, relying on your national player of the year. Can't I'll say candidate, but I think he's been the best player most consistent player in the country in the toughest conference in america you'll like my column that's coming out either later today tuesday or early wednesday morning uh before i head to indianapolis to cover the team and the other day connor mccaffrey and bakari evler are going to be able to knock that need to be able to knock down some open threes in tournament play as does joe toussaint because it completely changes the way that teams guard him but enough reviewing of the game obviously illinois i thought played better Iowa did out-rebound them, which was one of the most shocking stats, I think, of it all. Iowa won the rebounding battle 32-30, even though it really felt like that Iowa's defensive rebounding has just not been good the past couple of weeks especially, and that's going to kill them in tournament play if they don't get that fixed. Part of it's the way they're guarding. Uh, part of it, too, is the other team is just scrapping and clawing more. I mean, they're just quicker to the ball. They aren't watching it. When it's up in the air, they're actively boxing out. They're chasing it down the second the ball begins to go downward. And those are just little things. And tournament play, you got to be able to lay it all on the line. So it'll be interesting to see if Iowa can make some of those adjustments. But let's dive into some individual awards here before we go uh, to maybe a little bit of a preview of the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, like I said earlier, I will be live in Indianapolis. We'll be bringing you podcasts coverage at hawkeyeinsider.com 24 7 sports follow me on twitter at david eichel d-a-v-i-d-e-i-c-k-h-o-l-t 
Obviously, Luca Garza, first team All Big Ten. I believe that was, I think that was unanimous. Uh, well deserved, obviously. 24 on the season, 24 points, just below 10 rebounds a game, shooting 54%, 35% from three point range. The, the you run out of adjectives to describe what he what he did this year and what he is doing. And he's going to have a lot more eyes on him, I think, coming down the stretch, especially in the Big Ten tournament. If Iowa makes a deep run in that, he's going to be the number one player people are going to be watching. NCAA tournaments when he broke out last year, uh, 16 and a half points per game in those two games, I believe five and a half rebounds. And matchup nightmare, well-deserved. And I guess one of the most puzzling things, at least to me, was Luca Garza was not the unanimous Big Ten Player of the Year. I think he was one vote shy. I know I don't know who voted against him. But I really don't understand how there was a case again for anyone else over Garza. Iowa was picked eighth in the Big Ten this season by the media. Then they lose three of their key contributors or what would have been key contributors for the season. Garza steps up. Iowa was two points shy of getting a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. The league's incredibly deep. They're getting 10-11 bids. Garza's averaging 28 point, uh, 26.9 points per game in Big Ten play against the deepest post players, at least it, it, probably in the past decade of, of Big Ten basketball. Minimum. Maybe more. There's a lot of them. Every team, like I said earlier, you go down the list. Oturu, he averaged 20-11. and 11. The guy was a second-team all-conference selection. Jalen Smith, Caleb Wesson. Miles Johnson, you can almost rattle off every single team. John Teske's another guy. Xavier Tillman, even though he's six foot eight, tremendous player. He got second team. There should you know he's a first team guy most years. So I don't know who voted for anyone else over him. Uh, seems pretty ridiculous if you ask me. But you know, so be it. If that's what they believe, that's what they believe. I mean, I've also been told that Dayton's going to win the conference, the Big Ten Conference if they this year if they were in it. That's not true at all. They'd finish sixth place. Okay, I don't want to hear it. Their strength of schedule, strength, strength schedule is 104th in the country by Ken Palm. Every single Big Ten team by Ken Palm is in the top 40 strength of schedule. Okay, if you're going to go night in, night out against the Big Ten, you think Obi Toppin's dropping 20 points a game in the Big Ten. He's not doing that because he's not going to get free run at the hoop against 12-win George Washington teams. Okay? That's no disrespect to George Washington. It's no disrespect to Obi Toppin. He's going to be a very good NBA player. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick. But you don't pick the player of the year based off NBA potential. You don't do it because they can throw the ball between their legs and go up in the air and dunk the ball and make a highlight. Okay? His career high is 33 points. Garza's dropped 25 points or more 13 times this season. And I don't give me the argument of, well, if Toppin took as many shots as Garza, well, he'd, average, he'd score that many points too. Look at his field goal. There's a reason he doesn't take that many shots. It's because he's dunking the ball half the time, okay? In his last game, when he dropped 27 points against George Washington, he had seven dunks, okay? I, I don't want to hear it. Again, no disrespect to him. But some of these arguments are just beyond stupid to me that people are even thinking about that, okay? Look, Toppin's a better defender, three blocks a game. Again, athletic, freak, great length, decent shot, gets to the rim. He's not getting to the rim that often in Big Ten play. On top of that, 
on his fast break dunks, nobody's chasing him down. Again, that's not going to happen in the Big Ten. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dayton would finish sixth. They'd be a tournament team. But as far as one seeds go, I guess with San Diego State falling, it's a little bit different. The one seeds aren't really that mind bo- uh, that tough, I think, in, in the NCAA tournament. I, I don't buy into Dayton. I could be wrong, but, you know, 18 of their games this season have been against quad three and quad four. You know what Garza would do against quad three and quad four teams? It probably wouldn't be allowed to be shown on TV because it'd probably be murder. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a fact. I know people don't want to hear it. Again, Toppin deserves to be in the conversation. I think a couple other players do. I think... Yudoko Azabuki from Kansas has been tremendous this year. That quality of schedule, what he's done offensively and defensively is great. Marcus Howard, Peyton Pritchard at one time should have been in the conversation. Devon Dotson should have been in the conversation for National Player of the Year. There's there's a number of guys. Miles Powell even, for example. I mean, if I had to vote top and probably be fourth, third or fourth, uh, I think Azabuki might be second on my in my board but you know i don't have a vote so what are you gonna do uh but yeah sorry i got completely sidetracked about that but just the, and the thing is too i don't i know i've done this past couple of minutes and i don't like myself for doing it but there's so many great players in college basketball okay i don't like talking one down to boost one up because it's not fair to both those guys boost up every player but if you believe one player deserves it over another, tell it with your facts. Don't tell it by dragging down another great player. And I think we, we people do that like there can only be one great player in college basketball. That's not true at all. Again, Toppin is a tremendous player. He does a lot of things well in the basketball court. Any team in the country would be very happy to have him. And he'd do a, a very good job. He'd be an all-conference selection in any conference in America. Even the Big Ten. He'd be a first-team All-Big Ten. Okay? I mean, that, that that's reality. And he should be. Again, tremendous player. I don't want to sound like I'm dragging him to boost up these Power 6, Power 5 candidates. But I, I don't know. It, it's, it's just interesting. I think National Player of the Year votes could be really close. I do think at this point it's a two-man race between Toppin and Garza. I think Azubuki is a little bit on the outside. I think everyone else is just a little bit on the outside. Uh, we've seen some people have voted for uh, uh, Luca Garza for uh, National Player of the Year. I think Seth Davis announced he was doing that. I think John Rothstein from CBS Sports. Obviously, Seth Davis from The Athletic. Uh, Bleach Report announced yesterday that uh, you know their National Player of the Year is Luca Garza. Also, a slight correction to Toppin's career uh, season high is 31 points, not 33. I just want to make that clear. But, yeah, so I don't know. I think I think Luka Garza should be National Player of the Year. I think he deserves it night in, night out. He's proved it against some of the top competition, has better stats against, you know, I, I don't know where 
that argument just that that should be the end of it. And again, something else I want to address too before I quickly move on to Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick's honors is I hate the arg I hate I hate the argument of well they've had double digit losses. How can the player of the year do that? You know, the player the real player of the year wouldn't do that. Okay, look. If Garza's on day and 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 Toppin's on on Iowa, do you really think that I, I, look, I don't think Dayton is where they are, and I don't think Iowa is where they are. The players fit the system, and they fit with their teammates. I hate the argument of switching teams. I get I get placing another player in another conference. I think that's different. But for a specific team, it's a dumb argument. Iowa would have more losses if they had Toppin and said guards on their team, and I think it's significant. Dayton would have a few more losses if they had guards on their team because – Toppin's defense is tremendous. I don't think it's significant. I think it's instead of two, I think maybe there's five or six. I think if it if Toppin's on Iowa, I think Iowa goes from 11 to 16, 17, 18 minimum. So, and, and I don't want to hear that. Look, it's a team sport. Okay, it's a team sport. It's an individual honor. At the end of the day, Garza has better numbers, better competition, night in, night out. Plays every minute of almost every game. He's averaged 35 minutes per game over the last five games. He's on the floor. He's busting his butt. The guy's not overly athletic, and his footwork is magnificent. Shooting 35% from three, averaging nearly two blocks a game. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if the voters decide. I think it's going to be really interesting. Do I have a prediction? I do think Topping gets it. I do think Topping gets it. I think it's going to be fairly close. But I do think he gets it. So my Big Ten Player of the Year, you know, reviewing that turned into a mini rant. I apologize for that, but let's let's dive in a little bit more. Uh, C.J. Frederick, All Freshman Team, very well deserved. I know we had three points the other night. Uh, you know, he played. I think he was out for six games, I believe, with injuries. But look, the guy is a sharp shooter. He's going to be a problem as. Illinois coach Brad Underwood put it after the first game. He's going to be a pain in the ass for the next four years. And I think he could be an all-conference player as early as next year. I think his defense is, is getting better. I think he makes good decisions most of the time with the ball in terms of passing, running the offense. The thing that I'm interested to see if it happens over the next couple of years is if he throws up heat checks or not. Because he's been a guy plays within the system. I mean, very veteran mentality. Doesn't force up anything. Uh, but at times, maybe you wish he would because maybe a bad shot for him is a good shot to other other people. I mean, a bad shot for others is a good shot to him, excuse me, because he's just got that kind of, you know, lethal. He's got that kind of cold-blooded instinct. And as senior center Ryan Creener put earlier in the year, Captain Clutch, he's hit some big shots for Iowa this season. Texas Tech, I think of. Uh you know, pl plenty of other games as well. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be a last-second shot. It can be with four minutes to go, a dagger three, making the right pass. He finishes well in transition, pushes, you know, he's another ball handler on the floor. I think he's he's going to be a problem. Well-deserved honor. Uh, he's going to need to show up in the, obviously, like I said, show up in the Big Ten tournament, show up in the NCAA tournament. This one surprised me a little bit bit 
Not because he, I, and he, I think he deserves it. And I think it's maybe it'll be good for his confidence that he got it. Joe Wieskamp was named third team All Big Ten. I know he has had, you know, offensively a really bad last three weeks. I think I did the math yesterday. Over the last six games, he's 13 for 53 from the floor. Equates to about 24.5%. Not shooting well from three. Making his free throws. So, I mean, he's got that going for him. Uh, And look, I've said this before on this podcast. I think he's playing hurt. And I think they're keeping it really discreet. He does not look as quick. His mechanics look off. He's more hesitant. And I do think it is as much of a mental game, I think, as a uh, as a physical game, though, right now with him. I think he's lost a bit of his confidence. I think maybe being named a third team despite the struggles maybe could give him that reminder that he can hoop at this level. And I think it's important to realize, too, last year he played really well in the NCAA tournament. He played well when the lights shined their brightest. Remember, he hit the two free throws that sent Iowa into overtime against Tennessee to complete that comeback. You got a true freshman going on the line in probably what was one of the most watched NCAA tournament games of that weekend because of just the, the, the craziness that unfolded. You got the NFL MVP and now Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes tweeting about your team. It means a lot of people are paying attention to you. Knock down the two free throws. And look... And I, I've said this a couple of times. Iowa for Iowa to win the Big Ten tournament and to reach their potential this season, I do think that a potential Sweet Sixteen is not off the table. I really don't. If things, if Iowa can stay healthy, where they are now, they're not getting anybody back, obviously from injury this year. And they get Frederick and Wieskamp going, and Iowa controls the pace. They'll have a chance in every game. They will. But Wieskamp has to be the catalyst. And I thought it was interesting watching the award show yesterday. Stephen Bardo, obviously Big Ten Network analyst. And, and basically adoptive Iowan because he called almost every Iowa Big Ten home game this year. Was asked, who's a player that's under the radar? Maybe it hasn't made as much noise in recent weeks. That could make some noise in the Big Ten tournament. And he said, I think it's Joe Wieskamp. And he said he was happy to see Wieskamp get honored with third-team selection because he deserved it with the totality of his work because despite his struggles, he's still a second-leading scorer on Iowa's team at 14 points per game. And he said, look, I won't be surprised if Wieskamp has multiple 25, 30-point performances in the Big Ten tournament. And if Iowa gets that, Iowa's going to the finals. Okay? Because Garz is going to continue to do what he does. And if you get another guy dropping you know, dropping big point tolls like that, that's going to open up opportunities for guys like C.J. Frederick and, and Cordell Pemsel and obviously Luca Garza to work inside. That's going to be huge for Iowa's offense. And if that happens, their defense is going to play better. That's just been the formula under Fran McCaffrey for the past uh, few seasons. So I, I do think it'll be it'll be worth watching how Wieskamp comes out on Thursday. Previewing the Big Ten tournament just, just a little bit. Uh, before we kind of wrap this up, look, I know people are upset about the double buy, but Iowa fans should be thankful that they got the five seed because Iowa's road to the final. And look, I'm not trying to project too far ahead. We'll, we'll have plenty of coverage between now and maybe a pod podcast between then too. 
But just looking ahead, Iowa's schedule in the Big Ten tournament in terms of who they could potentially play, it lines up. They play the winner of Minnesota Northwestern uh, on Thursday at 1.30, game we've seen on Big Ten Network. Iowa went 3-0 against those teams. If they win, they play Illinois. They split. Two tough games, by the way, and I think both teams really want to play each other again. I mean, as a basketball fan, I want to, I want to play again because the emotion of that game and everything on top of it with the lights there, I mean, it's a media guy's dream, right? It's really cool. If that happens, I believe that sets Iowa up to play Wisconsin. And this is not a shot at Wisconsin because Greg Gard absolutely deserved to win uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year. After losing Kobe King and what to do what he did, was that, that's phenomenal. To be the one seed, especially this year, it really is. I mean, it's it's incredible the job he's done. Uh, Wisconsin right now is absolutely on fire from three-point range. They're at, they had the Big Ten threes made per game this year, nearly nine per game. Uh, Demetric Trice is a problem. Brad Davison's really gotten his game going. Nate Reavers capable of scoring. Uh, Micah Potter's a really solid, I think, six-man for that team. Iowa beat Wisconsin earlier in the year. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I mean, and, and to be honest, they're probably the weakest one seed in the Big Ten that I can remember. Uh, Iowa completely avoided Maryland and Michigan State on their half the bracket. The, if Iowa makes the finals, they play one of them. Okay, well, you held them off till the finals. And if that happens, if Minnesota wins on, on Wednesday, tomorrow, and they play Iowa, that's a quad one game for Iowa. Neutral court, I believe right now Minnesota's 43rd in the net rankings. Obviously, they play Illinois, that's going to be a quad one as well. And assuming Wisconsin wins, by the way, because it's no gimme, because Wisconsin's either going to get Rutgers or Michigan, and that's no small task. That is no small task. I think either one of those teams are capable of knocking off Wisconsin. But in Iowa's half of the bracket, Iowa went 7-2 and two against those teams. They lost against Illinois once, and they lost against Michigan once, and those were both road games. So it sets up nicely for Iowa if they can come out with aggression. And something that's worth knowing, too, is I know people really wanted to double buy for the extra day of rest or whatever. That's not always an advantage in these tournaments. It really isn't because they could come out slow. They, they don't get a full 40 minutes on the court, in the atmosphere, under the lights, with the new basketballs, with the hoops. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Iowa, if, if they beat Minnesota or Northwestern, depending on who they play, they're going to be warmed up and they're going to be ready to go. And I think they're going to especially be ready to go because they're playing Illinois. And they, trust me, they want to play Illinois. They do. They want to play Illinois. Uh, so it, it, I, I think a lot of things set up for Iowa to do well. Like I mentioned, I think things have to take a turn 
I think Iowa's hustle needs to be better. I think Wieskamp needs to get going. Garza, obviously, is going to have to remain special. And they're going to need some production off the bench. I think Cordell Pemsel played really well in the last part of the season after his one-game suspension. Obviously, the last two games have been hampered by injuries a little bit. I'm not going to really fully put that on him. I think Ryan Creener needs to play the best, best basketball of his career. I think Bakari Evelyn's really looking comfortable with the team. Joe Toussaint can't turn the ball over. Can't be that liability. And I think that's part of the reason why he didn't play late in the game um, against Illinois is because right now, and it's a freshman thing, especially with his play style, he is a liability at times to turn the ball over. But he can also make a lot of really special things happen. And on top of that, Bakari Evelyn's got more length. He's got more uh, on defense. And he was guarding Ayo Desumu. Uh, and I think he did a pretty good job on Desumu just had great offense during those mid-range, you know, cold blood shots. So, it there's a lot of storylines going into it. I, I'm predicting an outstanding tournament. I've heard everyone say anybody could win it. I've heard that oh, only the top four seeds will be able to win it because of double buy, and they think it'll be the exact opposite of how the regular season played out in the Big Ten, yada, yada, yada. But look, there's a lot of opportunities for Iowa right now, and I do want to make one last point clear. Iowa right now is not a seven seed. Iowa's resume is too good to be a seven seed. Yes, they have two quad three losses, but they also have a very good strength of record. They're decent in the net rankings, and I think they can move up with a couple more wins. They could add more quad one wins with games that have already been played because the net rankings are going to be so fluid, I think, over these last five days. There's a lot. There's just there's so much that goes into it. I think right now Iowa is bordering between a five and a six seed. I don't think they're a seven seed unless... A lot of things go poorly for them in terms of not even just about them. If Iowa goes one and done against Minnesota Northwestern and some other teams that were lower make deep runs in the tournament, then maybe you're talking Iowa Falls that. But right now I think they are – it's very likely they are a six seed with a win. I believe they're a five seed. If they make the finals or win the Big Ten tournament, I think they're a four seed. I think that's what we're looking at right now. I don't see them being a double-digit seed. Um they're far too good for that. They are. The, the, the record speaks for itself. The, there's a reason why Iowa is the only 11-loss team in the top 25 right now. People still have respect for what they can do when things are flowing right. But the key is, can Iowa play their best basketball when it matters? Because from here on out, every game is more important than the last. So, But I think that's going to about do it for the Swarmcast. David Eichel here for HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Actually, no, one last quick thing. I I, I get people are always emotional about athletics and everything like that uh, with their teams. You know, they they put so much time, effort, and money into these programs. And, you know, a lot of emotion rides on it. It's important to not overlook Fran McCaffrey has done a very good job with this group especially given the fact they lost Isaiah Moss to transfer Tyler Cook going to pros three starters and I've heard some takes even as Leia's following the game Sunday Iowa needs to fire Fran you know trolls go on back under the bridge it's just not worth it Fran's job is secure it should be and he was in discussion for Coach of the Year, and it was well-deserved. 
And I will say this, I don't want to preview too much in next year because I believe that ruins the moment of what we're currently living in right now. Because I hate, I get people get excited about the future, people look toward the future, but if you do that too often, you're going to miss out what's right in front of you. And then when you miss out what's right in front of you, you're going to complain, oh, I can't wait for this season. And then after Iowa drops one of their first three games next year in basketball, I'm not saying they do, just hyperbole, you're going to say, oh, man, just I can't wait till the end of the season to get this over with. Enjoy it. This is why you pay attention. It's supposed to be fun. Enjoy it. Okay? All right, that's all for my soapbox. But, again, David Eichel, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. Thanks for listening to Swarmcast. Again, going to have these out a lot more frequently. I'll try to get one of these out uh, while I'm in Indianapolis covering the Big Ten Tournament. Obviously, we're going to have uh, certain getting guests on here. Uh, so make some suggestions for that. Starting mailbag segments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, be sure consider a subscription. Support the work Sean Bach, Dylan Byrne, and I do. It really means a lot. It helps us provide you with the best, most accurate coverage on the market. It really means a lot. One dollar for your first month, or get thirty percent off an annual subscription message board, VIP articles, direct access with all of our local and national experts. It, it's it's just a really good time to be a part of what we're building here. We're extremely excited about it. And I I can't put any any way other than that. Uh, we put out, a, I want to say, ridiculous amount of content. I mean, 9, 10 articles a day surrounding all things Iowa, all things Hawkeyes. It's only going to get better, but... Again, David Eichel, you can follow me on Twitter at David Eichel, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. And for Hawkeye Insider and the Swarmcast, signing out, and we'll talk to you later.